Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. I'm a member of a few Facebook groups. Some of them have thousands of women, mostly mothers, and a post I have seen often enough that it interests me is one where the woman is asking the group whether she should stay with her husband or leave him. The question is normally rooted in the feeling of platonic love, like he's a good dad, but I'm not in love with him anymore. And I'm at an age now where I have friends who have chosen to stay and then there are those who have chosen to go and I can't always see a big difference between their situations. Elizabeth Shaw is the CEO of Relationships Australia New South Wales and a practicing psychologist. Hi Elizabeth. Hi. What would you say to someone who's struggling with that question? I mean is there even a way to evaluate whether it's worth sticking with a marriage or if everyone would be better off if they split? Uh, Look these are huge questions. I think when somebody has started to entertain, maybe I should leave, sort of the danger of that thought is that you're probably quite advanced in entertaining it as an option. And so I guess what I would encourage is when you're starting to feel the discontent, and even the first time you mention it to a friend or you start to be drawn to posts about separation, then to listen intuitively to, gosh, what's going on for me that I'm even thinking that sort of way? Because that's the stage where you might be able to give it some really good critical analysis. I think if you're really at the point of should I stay or go, that binary, it really is one foot in, one foot out. Um, You definitely can come back from that, but it can mean that you've sort of run off with some very separate thinking. It just makes it that much harder to come back from it. There is some research that says that women are four times more likely than a man to have discussed relationship concerns, say, before they get to counselling. And that can lead sometimes to a couple's experience where the woman can say, well, I was ready to talk and I had all my thoughts organised and he was stumped, you know, had no form thoughts. Part of that is women are more practised at sharing their thoughts and often will even go off to an individual counsellor. There's also some research that says if you take a relationship concern to an individual counsellor, you can be more likely to leave than if you saw a couple counsellor. And it's not to say that's an absolute danger, and I'm not saying that research totally stacks up, but as a couple and family therapist myself, I do know the dangers in that because if... Even if you saw a couple and family therapist alone, they tackle it differently. So I think there is there is a line of thinking that people can get into where they're stewing in their own juices. They're going over things. They might be talking to friends. You never guess what happened. And they fan the flames of it. And it can sometimes, you're actually doing your own head in. You're losing hope. You're trolling for negativity. You're not problem solving with your partner. You're not sharing your worries. And by the time you share your worries, you're it's a crisis that actually means you're at the brink when maybe you don't need to be. And how do you respond to that comment of, I love him, but I'm not in love with Mm. him? There's something about assessing the context of that because there are times in your relationship that are not very lovey-dovey, particularly when you've got young children. And of course, the more you get involved with a partner in the context of having children, there's a lot more on display. So the things you loved about your couple time might mostly be missing in your parenting time. You 
may be disappointed in how your partner's managing that or the help you're getting. You might be in bad shape yourself. So the context of why you feel unhappy or why you don't feel very close to your partner, it could be because you're sleeping separately. It could be because you're sleep deprived. It could be because as a family, you don't have enough resources packed around and you're stuck between the two of you. So you get into fights of well, if you don't do it, I've got to do it. Whereas those people who have effective grandparents or a nanny or something, it actually diffuses the resources. You're not on show and absolutely, you know, being judged. So I think there's a whole lot of things that can make it feel very tightly wound. So looking at the context, saying, well, when did we last do anything for our relationship? Have I conveyed my feelings? Is it true that I did I do it at 11 o'clock at night and of course I got a bad response or is it a typical you know I raise it and so I think you can really get into a bad place and start to raise things badly put it out as a test or a challenge rather than a genuine desire I miss you I'm not feeling close to you I'm worried about our relationship I'd like us to invest it is if it's a kind of well you never do this and you're using that as fodder for your decision making all of those things can make it look far worse than it is one of the things that I have um, find interesting is that I might be chatting with a friend who has left her husband and doing exactly what you said, complaining mm. about my own. Mm. And I, that has happened. And at that time, I realized that by her comments to me and by the conversation we had, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, this is one of the reasons she left her yeah, husband. Yeah. But I, I wasn't thinking yeah, that. I was yeah. just thinking I need to talk this through so I can feel better about it and work out mm. what I do next. And that's why I'm curious about that sentence, I love him, but I'm not in love with yeah. him. Thinking of um, the Elaine de Baton mm. approach to mm. marriage and relationships that the grass is always greener on the other side. And sometimes in a marriage, if it's a long relationship, you do go through periods of being in love with each mm. other and then just loving each other. I mean, mm. what does, what's your take on that? Look, that's certainly true, but it can also be a phase you go through where the aspects that you're most enjoying are the companionship and the caregiving and the mutual support and being great co-parents and that there's times in a relationship where that rises to the surface say if you're sick and your partner's your care or vice versa or they're unemployed you just you move into a caregiving biding time uh, sort of relationship and I think you know you can value that but you you can't do without the other things that are more defining of a couple relationship so it's about whether they ebb and flow and you can trust that they ebb and flow and if push came to shove whether in fact you would call them back into play quite quickly or if it does really feel like you your feelings have changed because it's certainly true enough that I see couples that present a whole range of sort of problems if you like that technically can be solved I'd have ideas about it there's things they haven't tried there's lots of possibilities but I can see that you know I sometimes say what reason do you have to do that work and the couples that say well we love each other couldn't bear to be apart and of course you know they say something like that then you know there's a reason but if if it's kind of well we really should stay for the children and we never wanted to divorce or sometimes you can kind of hear that doing the work would be a um, compliance sort of regime rather than a, um, you know, we've really got something to hang on to here. So there is certainly sometimes people who say, I just don't feel the same. It's about whether that remains a consistent feeling over time. And it's best judged 
I think after you have tried all the sensible things people try and also if you've seen a good counsellor where you're sitting there and you can hear it's technically a good process, the person's competent, we've engaged, we've turned up to sessions, things have changed. But you know what? I don't feel any better. Technically, I can see them working. We've done some great stuff. I don't feel the same. That's a really, it's the spot to make a decision. And I've done often a long period of work with couples where they're saying, we know we're doing better, we've got date nights, we're even having sex more often, but we don't feel any different. And that's, you can be more thorough in your decision making, then you can say, you know what, we've, we've called this for good reason. But I think the people who kind of storm out, or they've developed a whole crescendo of things by comparing with negative girlfriends, those sorts of things, you could live to regret it, because you really haven't tested all the possibilities. And most importantly, often people haven't brought their partner into their concerns. Um, Their partner often will have the same concerns, um, not always, but often, but just for whatever reason haven't raised it. And sometimes that's really good to hear too, because if your partner says, yeah, I know we don't do all of those things, but what I hold on to is these five things, that could be also a really interesting perspective because you could think, you know what, you're right. I should be valuing those things more. I've got myself, I've done my own head in. And so I think those comparisons can be very resilience building. You mentioned there that um, you might talk to couples who their reason for doing the work is because of the kids. And I find that really interesting because I feel like I grew up with a generation of um, my generation whose parents did stay together Mm. for the kids. And these Mm. days, people seem more conscious that staying can be more harmful to the children than going. Is it ever appropriate to stay together for the benefit of your kids? Mm -hmm. Well, I should clarify when I said that it's a perfectly fine place to start in counselling, absolutely, because it's a tough road as a single parent. It's a really tough road. Why would you want to do it unless you really thought it was you know, worth doing. And it's true enough that there's a lot more to juggle for children. There's no doubt about it. It's um, the chopping and changing of routines and the two houses. And it's absolutely doable. And it doesn't have to have a negative outcome for your children. But it's a there's a lot more to it. So I think there's practical reasons to uh, look into it. And also, there are certain times in your child's life uh, where for a period of time, it might be important. So say your child is unwell, or there's other factors in play. Um, grandparents have just died or there, there might be something about a bit of a rocky foundation or we're not really organised about this, that, and there's no immediate reason to do it where the parents agreeing, look, let's protect the kids from this and see what we can do until we're really sure and really organised around this. It can be worth doing. Generally, it's time limited because if both people are agreeing that the relationship's rocky or one person is the one who called it as I don't want to be in it, then I find it's very short term where people can sustain that. The times it can be most successful is where both people feel on the same page. We both recognise this isn't going to work and we will be in the house for a period of time but eventually somebody wants more social time than the other or a new partner comes on the scene or whatever it might be and they realise that it's time limited. John Gottman apparently could predict whether a marriage would last by the presence of contempt. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, for example, a partner rolling their eyes or, or, or put-downs, that sort yeah. of thing. Do you think contempt is a sign you should go? 
Contempt is a big problem. Um, John Gottman talked about what he said were the four horsemen of the apocalypse and he said if any of the four things were in place in a, in a routine way, then there's a problem. So pervasive criticism, um, certainly contempt, defensiveness and stonewalling, which is the silent treatment. If any of those are really dominant behaviours, then all of them, he argued, will bring your relationship down. And so that is a problem. Contempt is a big problem. Contem- so it's in order of severity. So contempt and stonewalling are very damaging behaviours. So if you don't feel that your partner can respect you and hold you in mind in a positive way, speak well of you with the children and with others, then that's going to be uh, definitely a problem in the relationship. There's no doubt about it. I feel like I'm ending on a low note, but there was so much you said there that is really interesting. And I, I guess my takeaway from from what you're saying is to stay or go, big question, but try and get some professional help before you make a decision where both of you are having a conversation about it. Look, that's absolutely true. I've worked with many people who've said, we wish we'd come here earlier. We've actually been sort of dreading it because it's like going to the dentist, you know, and surely people who see a counsellor, it's the kiss of death. It's already, it's just another piece of evidence that you're failing. But so often I've had people say to me, you know, this has been a great relief. There's lots of workable things. We haven't even been really comparing notes. And, you know, they can leave after the first session feeling there's actually lots we can do. And, you know, even organising yourself to turn up to a session together is work you've already done. And you get to talk about the counsellor. You know, you've already got a couple conversation to be had. So absolutely do that. It really, with the right person and the right fit, can be very valuable. Elizabeth, thanks for your time today. Thanks. That's Elizabeth Shaw. She's the CEO of Relationships Australia, New South Wales. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.